What's up, guys? My next guest is a regular on national TV, including Good Morning America, Dr. Oz, and Today Show. She's a nationally recognized nutrition expert and holistic cannabis practitioner and a best-selling author. You won't want to miss this one. Stay tuned. Six, six, five, four, Let me first start out by saying thank you to Podcast Powertrain for helping produce my show. These are the guys you need behind you if you're looking to start your podcast. Also, I'd like to thank Powered by Riverside FM. That's right. Our show is powered by Riverside FM, one of the best platforms to actually have a podcast on. So I'm going to have some links at the end of the show or in the show notes. Check them out. These are the two people that you need to get up, get with to make your podcast top 100. Good Dudes Grow 2.0, we're here to let you know the importance of plant-based medicine and psychedelics on mental and physical health. We're bringing you stories of how these medicines have changed lives and can save lives. We want to teach you the healing power of plant-based medicine. This is the Good Dudes Grow 2.0. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Good Dudes Grow 2.0. I have a great guest on. I have Brooke Albert. She's a nationally recognized nutrition expert, holistic cannabis practitioner, and best-selling author. She's also the founder of Be Nutritious, a private nutrition counseling consulting practice in New York City and co-founder of The Daily Habit CBD, the first full-spectrum CBD powder on the market. Brooke, thank you for taking time out of your day to talk with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm so happy to be here. So give us a little bit of background. I'm, I'm a I'm a, I've been fitness since I was 14. I've been in nutrition. I try to help some firefighters with their nutrition and everything else. This is why one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show. Give us a little background on how you got involved in becoming a, you know, just getting into the nutrition industry and becoming a dietary uh, nutritionist. Um, so the, the nutrition goes way back. Um, you know, I was always an athlete as a kid. I was a competitive swimmer um, up until high school. And I was also a competitive um, equestrian. I was a show jumper that I and I competed all through college. Um, so, you know, I think if I had gone to college and there was like a job fair and there was like dietitian or nutritionist, I would have been like, this was obvious. But because <laughs> life doesn't work that way, I kind of had to find out a little differently. So I left college. I went straight to working in New York City for Vogue magazine. And um, while I was there, I went to a nutritionist myself. And I was like, wait, this is what you get to do every day? Like, this is really awesome. So a couple of years after working at Vogue and then at um, another startup team, Vogue, uh, I went back to school and became uh, got my master's in science in clinical nutrition and became a registered dietitian. And so I, I've had my private practice here in New York City for, I think I'm at 17 years now. Wow. So I'm aging myself probably <laughs> at this stage. Um, and I've loved it. I loved working with people to like do small little things and help them feel so much better. It was really, really rewarding work. Right. So you just, did you notice like I did with the fitness and just helping people get that little 1% better nutrition? Did you notice that these? A lot of the stuff they had, medical problems and other illnesses and pain, that it actually, the food could actually help that as you were going through your career? 
Well, I mean, obviously, a hundred percent, you know, and it's like someone comes in just for weight loss, but then as they're losing weight and eating better, all of a sudden their knees aren't hurting as much. They're not dealing with migraines as frequently. You know, it, it's amazing that once you start sort of getting to an ideal weight for yourself, right, whatever that is for you, that a lot of the other issues kind of go away. And so, you know, well, weight loss was like my number one like reason for getting into the work it turns very much more holistic and into wellness as my years progressed. And I sort of was able to get out of the mindset of what I was trained to do and like into the stuff that I was really passionate. And that's how you started writing books. Is that correct? Yes. You know, some of the books fell into my lap and others I I had a a real vision for. So yes. So um, the books were great. It was a great outlet for me. Um, I always joke that writing a health or wellness book is actually the worst thing you can do for your health and wellness because you literally sit for hours at your desk every day. I eat like terrible snacks just to keep it like myself motivated to stay there. So it's like as I'm writing like diet and wellness books, I'm getting like fatter and unhealthier, but <laughs> I'm able to turn it all around once it's over. So what made, yeah. what made you decide to write the eating healthy while pregnant during pregnancy book? You know, it's funny, all of my books sort of like really affect the time of where I was. I had just had my first daughter. I now have two. My oldest is almost 13 years old. So I'm in for it right now. But, (laughs) you know, it's like everything that I was trained in and all of my research and studying was out the window once I became pregnant myself. Right. I mean, like I'd have a pregnant woman, you know, come into my office before I had kids and, you know, they'd be like, oh, I just can't stomach any protein. I can't do this. And I was like, absolutely not. You know, this is how it needs to be. This is what the research shows. Meanwhile, when I was pregnant, it was like, oh, my God, I completely understand. And, you know, that's that level of empathy that you really just can't have unless you've been through it yourself. I, I used to. I had such bad morning sickness with my first pregnancy that in between like patient sessions, I'd pull out like my file drawer right next to me and I'd had ginger ale and like and pretzels in there. It was like the only way I could not, I could make it through the day. So it's like you, you change as you have your own life experiences. And so the books were all sort of changing with me, which was kind of cool. That's interesting. And I, I noticed that you wrote the, uh, the uh, sugar detox. I, I, st- I'm on a trauma chocolate freak. So I love chocolate. So, so I, I was interested in that a little bit and I don't eat much sugar except for the chocolate. But I noticed when I stopped a lot of the sugar, I noticed a lot of the inflammation and pain that I was having actually went away. Did you find that when you were writing your book that that was one of the main reasons you wrote your book or why did you write the sugar detox specifically? You know, I almost think I was a little bit of ahead of my time of, of the sh- sugar is sort of like villainous time when we wrote that book. I wrote it with a, a good friend of mine who's a dermatologist and we were literally just talking and she was saying, oh, my God, I need you to see this patient. I can only do so much for the skin when they're eating this way. And it really was just like a very kismet moment where I was like, oh, my God, I'm seeing so many people where I'm meeting to like lower their sugar intake. So, yeah, you know, fat was still pretty much a villain when that book came out. And it was like, fat is not the issue here. It is sugar. And that book was strict. Like we were, we, I was, I was very tough then. It was, it was a strict book. Um, and it, it was really, really effective. And to see the difference, I mean, learning about like advanced glycated end products, right. Which is what happens to your skin when you eat too much sugar. So like that literally breaks down the foundation for youthful skin. So whether it's collagen or elastin, so like we age ourselves when we eat too much sugar. Um, or not eating sugar properly. So if you're having fruit, which is a beautiful source of sugar, but it's still sugar, 
you know, adding a fat or a protein with it is a great way for that like sugar not to cause such damage. So, and then you get the, the honest benefits of the fruit itself. So it, it was really sort of just a, a moment of having a really good friend in the dermatology world. And all of a sudden the book just sort of like was written in our heads over coffee one day. <laughs> so you said you're really strict on this book. So the other book that you wrote, your diet's making you fat. How strict were you on that one? Or do you just play on the words on that one? No, I mean, that was called the diet detox, right? And what really at that point, it was a couple of years later after the sugar detox and realizing that so many of my patients that were coming in to see me in the office all were like, oh, I did this diet. It worked great. As soon as I stopped doing it, then I gained 20 pounds. So like, you know, it's like the yo-yo effect that we all know and we all talk about it, but it's, it's, it's kind of fascinating when you think of how, how like bad these diets actually are for you overall. Right. So it starts like, sure, I'm going to be keto. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. And and it does great. But as soon as you mess up, as soon as you like, you know, move it to the effort part of the diet, right. Where it's like it, I messed up. I'm just going to keep messing up. But then we rebound in such an other way. So I really wanted to write what I actually do in my practice with most of my patients of this is how to eat for the rest of your life versus, you know, and you may not get results as quickly, right? It may not be like a before and after picture within three weeks, but it's going to be something that you can do for longevity and forever. And that's to me is sort of where I ended up, you know, those years ago when I ended up writing the diet detox is, is wanting to look at things more holistically. Yeah. I fight, I fight with firefighters all the time. They're always on their yo-yo diets and they go up and down, like just, just try and eat properly, do some exercise. You'll notice that it's a lot safer. It's a lot easier to, to maintain. Cause like you said, that's the biggest thing. Maintaining your, your good nutrition is one of the biggest battles most people fail at. 100%. Most of my listeners are probably wondering now and going, okay, so you have a cannabis podcast and you're talking about (laughs) sugar detox and everything else. Why are we having this conversation? (laughs) Well, you you started like most of us who get into the fitness industry. We always look at something that's coming up to something new. I got involved in CBD and cannabis when I started looking into recovering better because you know, I'm no, no youngster either at at 50. I started really getting some bad injuries and I still got a long career at the fire department. I'm like, all right, popping a leave and Advil's and all that's probably not the best kind of thing. So what else is there out there? And I found, you know, I found CBD and it helped with pain and I tried to help my daughter with her pain. Unfortunately, I, I couldn't do that before she passed away from an opiate overdose. But you found cannabis and CBD kind of like you have an interesting story how you got involved in it. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So, you know, I, I always say it's like while I was helping people in my office, I'd come home to my husband who was sick. And um, my husband has a really chronic autoimmune condition that basically is causing chronic pain and limited movement. So, you know, he can't stand or walk for any long period of time. And, um, and it's in his legs. And then it spread to his hands while, when I was pregnant with our second daughter. And, you know, I live in New York City, right? Like walking is sort of like, it's what you do here, right? <laughs> Especially like New York City with kids, like you are... You walk everywhere. There's, you don't get into a car to go places. So it, it's, you know, it, it's a very challenging to be partners with someone who's struggling like that. Um, so, you know, I'd come home and he'd be sick. And it, it, it was such like an interesting dichotomy. You know, here I come from this like wellness moment. And then I come home and I really couldn't help him. 
And I, I put him on all diets. Like anytime I read any research, I mean, I had him eating like liver and cabbage at one point for most meals. Like I was desperate to help him. And when he asked me just to like, you know, go back to being his wife instead of his, <laughs> you know, like witch doctor, which is, I think is what he started calling me by the end of things. I, um, I literally, the timing was amazing that I stumbled across a really interesting article on CBD and pain. And my husband, you know, I joke that he's cannabis friendly, which is just like a friendly term for pothead. But, you know, I was like, huh, the CBD could be really something interesting. And I just sort of handed it to him. And I said, listen, here's a decent brand. I don't know what it's about. I know it's made from pot. Give it a try. And he's like, sweet. This isn't cabbage or liver. Like, I can do this, right? And so within a, like a couple of weeks, we started seeing really small but like significant changes in him. He was able to stand longer, walk longer with our kids. He helped our older daughter learn how to ride a bike, like, you know, kind of moments that we never expected him to be able to have. And that's when I was like, there's something here. There's something in the CBD, whatever it means. I don't understand. I probably couldn't even pronounce cannabis oil at that point. Um, and so, you know, I brought it into my practice for some of my patients, some of them who were dealing with emotional eating, knowing about the anxiety connection. And then I was like, okay, this is way too effective for me not to be better educated in. And so I went back and became a holistic cannabis practitioner. I did a course, took this insane test, um, <laughs> but I really fell in love with the plants. And like, I'm a total teetotaler. Like I, I don't drink. Um, I don't even like to take too much Advil. So um, it was like a fun, a fun, you know, um, fork for me to take, you know, uh, of moving into the cannabis world here. And it, it's been great. But while I was doing my studying, I fell in love with CBD. And it really, you know, it's why I became the, the practitioner, but it, it was really like, it, it kept my attention more than anything else. I think, you know, medical marijuana and cannabis in general is amazing. But CBD is what I really saw a spot in the market that there was no product for someone like myself or the majority of my patients that wanted a, a CBD product for wellness, not illness. My husband, he needs a product for illness. A lot of people need it for illness, for severe you know, uh, cases of anxiety or of pain or of sleep disorders or what. But so many people could actually just feel better by using a high quality wellness focused CBD product. And that's what I made. And that's, and so you made it, you made one of the first powder CBD the. that the, the, <laughs> the first powder on the market. Yep. And, and so this is a, this is a cool thing because like most of the people I talked about, everybody was in pain, use CBD or cannabis again and paid in, like you said, you created a product for wellness. How can you kind of like differentiate on why yours is a wellness product and not like a, a pain relieving or, or, a, 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 a an issue, we'll call it an issue product. Sure. So there's two factors for that. One is the vehicle and our delivery service, right? So the powder. As a dietitian, I have so many patients with so many, you know, pharmaceuticals in their cabinets to begin with. We talk about something called pill fatigue, where so many people are just like, I literally, like sometimes I can't even take my own fish oils, right? Because I'm just like, oh, I can't swallow another pill today. So I really just didn't want something like that happening because I felt that if you're going to get the best benefits from CBD, you need to be taking it daily, right? So it was sort of the vehicle of being able to put it into your morning coffee and the oils just weren't doing it for me. Like the oily coffee just kills me. 
So using, instead of an oil, we used a powder. And so Daily Habit, it's the first full spectrum powder on the market, but it's coconut powder base, 50% um, MCT. And it's delicious and creamy. And so you add it into your morning coffee or your tea or your smoothie, and it basically acts like a non-dairy creamer. So instead of something that like you always have to go find, right, it's going to be something that you use every morning because everyone gets a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or have some, has some sort of morning, morning ritual. And I wanted something that could go into someone's morning ritual. So that's the one of the aspects. The other is, is our dosage. So, you know, I found the sweet spot for wellness to be a serving of 10 milligrams. And sure, you can take it a couple of times a day, but that's what I was looking for. I didn't need 100 milligrams of serving, right, of CBD. 10 milligrams was really a great sweet spot for so many of my patients when it came to just like feeling better, getting that chip off their shoulder, the anxiety of sitting at their desk or whatever they were doing, um, using my nicer mom voice versus my not nice mom voice. Like, <laughs> you know, all those little things. Like I even joke that like after taking Daily Habit, my shoulders just like come down. They're no longer earrings, right? They're like where they're meant to be. So it was really the dosage. Um, that's the second caveat for being a wellness-focused brand. And anyone who needs my product more than five times a day I need to refer them to a different product, a, a, you know, a stronger, potent, more product, because that, that's not what we're meant for. Right, right. You're exactly. And so you wanted to make a product that you could take every day and actually ease everybody, kind of calm them down. Like you said, use your, your happy mom voice. Is that how you came up with the name Daily Habit? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like the idea that I could find this name and that it wasn't already like taken by somebody else or some other, you know, supplement company was like besides me, I thought there was no way. Um, but yeah, I, w- I wanted it, you know, I wanted one to do a funny play on words about the word habit, right? Because habits aren't always a bad thing. We always think of like dirty habits, you know, or, you know, inappropriate use of the word habit. But I, I wanted to take it back. Like, this is the daily habit that's really good for you. A, a, a two minutes extra to add to your coffee, you know, it can be a form of self-care. So I, I really loved that idea of it. this just being like a daily thing that you do for yourself. All right. So I'm going to put you on the spot now. So yeah. you, you wrote a book, a book about detox, sugar detox. You wrote a book about bad diets. Is there one coming out about CBD? You know, right now there's not. <laughs> I, I, I feel like there's amazing books out there that are on the more clinical aspects of cannabis and CBD. And they're, they're fabulous. I don't see... I think that the education that needs to be done for CBD is smaller than a book, right? So I feel like that's in the blogs that we're writing on our website. I feel like it's in these podcasts that I'm doing. I feel like what's needed in the market is is these 30 minutes to an hour moments versus an entire book. Now, I certainly love like creating recipes, working with Daily Habit or other cannabis products. Like that's so fun. So like could a CBD like recipe book, you know, be something up my alley one day? Sure. But I, you know, I like to write things that I really see a gaping hole for. So let me ask you this. Uh, I have a CBD company. When you first started out and you started introducing it in your practice, how did your your patients or your customers actually take to it? Did they did they have a little off standish because it was like, oh, it's from the plant, pot plant or kind of like, did they go for it? Yeah, am I going to get high or what, what was what was your 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 initial take on what everybody was saying when you brought it in for the first time? Well, like my initial take was when I was even just studying to be a cannabis practitioner was so interesting. You know, being a mom in New York City, you have this, these, you know, whether it's my kids' schools or, you know, other, other, you know, working parents and you talk to them and 
you know, there I'm like, you know, the edgy one, you know, working in the <laughs> cannabis world. And yet, like, as they're on like their third glass of wine while talking to me and I've been drinking club soda the whole time. So it's like there's such stigma still attached that I saw it even when I was in training. And then, you know, for my patients, most of them knew what I was into by then. You know, it was the conversations changed stuff in my office, you know, whether it's like, you know, the pictures I was putting up or sort of my focus. It was, you know, a lot of my patients had been with me for, you know, a long time. So it's a lovely relationship. But yes, the, you know, I always say that the first questions I always get, am I going to get high or stoned or the munchies? And the munchies being a big issue for my weight loss patients. I'm like, this isn't pot. Like, this is, you know, this isn't the stereotype. Um you know, and the prejudice that we have towards a beautiful plant. So it it was, you know, I'm constantly saying like 0.3% THC or less is not enough to get you high stoned or give you the munchies. It's like, I literally should just get a tattoo. (laughs) At this point, I feel like both my kids can say it at this point. Like they hear me say it all the time. (laughs) That's, that's pretty good. So if people wanted to follow you and wanted to know where your books are and all of that, how could they do that? Sure. So everything for Daily Habit is, you know, online at Daily Habit CBD. Um, that's our social media handles at Instagram at Daily Habit CBD. Our website, dailyhabitcbd.com. And that has all the information um, about me and Daily Habit. Well, Brooke, I appreciate you taking a short time out of your day and, and talking with me and talking to my uh, my uh, my crowd of uh, firefighters who are actually always trying to look on better ways to eating better. I and now it. that they know that... You know, not only good food is good for you, but good CBD is always good for you. Hopefully they'll, they'll, they'll partake in that type of stuff. I love it. I could not <laughs> think of a better audience for this, for sure. Thank you very much. You have a great day, Brooke. You too, my dear. Thanks so much. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the show. And like I said at the beginning of the show, I'll have some links for you. So if you're interested in starting your podcast yourself, one of the best places to go is podcast powertrain right now they're doing an, an amazing offer for all their course material if you want to actually help get your uh, show ranked all you got to do is go to gooddudesgrow.com forward slash powertrain and you'll get all the information there also if you're looking for a platform not sure which platform to use to record your show on riverside fm is the one we use you can also go to gooddudesgrow.com forward slash Riverside. Check them out and you will not be disappointed. Again, thank you for all listening to the show and we will see you. Well, we'll see you, but. Good Dudes Grow 2.0. Thank you for tuning in. If you're still listening to this, that means you gained something out of this episode. So make sure you share it with a friend, leave a review, and subscribe. So you never miss an episode of the Good Dudes Grow 2.0.